Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hey, Father God, thank you for your spirit here right now. Holy Spirit of revelation, Holy Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit of comfort, of direction. Just thank you for speaking to each one of us exactly what we need to hear. Father, I just thank you. I just open myself up to be a vessel right now. But Lord, I thank you for the way that what I speak is interpreted individually through your spirit to each one of us. Father, may doors be open, may doors be shut, may lights come on, and may things be obscured that don't need to be seen. Father, have your way here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Greet someone around you if you haven't already, if you're sitting by yourself. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mum Day. Oh, it's, it's Mother's Day. It's a Mother's Club meeting all of a sudden. He's enthroned in our praises. How true is that? And, um, and praises aren't just when we're here between, what is it, <laughs> 11 and 11.48. That's long. Um, on a Sunday morning, it's, it's every day. It's what your proclamation is every day. What are you enthroning in your day? Mm. What are you enthroning? Because he's enthroned in our praises. And our, our praises aren't, aren't just singing a song or praying, singing in the spirit or something like that. Our praises are attributing truth to who he is, acknowledging the truth of who he is. He is good and he's always good and he's always going to be good and he's never going to do anything bad. And if there's anything bad that's going on in your life, it's not because of him. It's because of the enemy. It's because of principalities and powers. That's, that's it. He's come to give life to the fullest. That's a truth. That's something that needs to come out in our daily conversation. How does the man in the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. Okay. So I'm setting a standard here today. It might be Mother's Day. It's a special day, guys. But Father's Joke Day is every day. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, what, what does a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. <laughs> Mums, if a child refuses to take a nap, are they guilty of resisting arrest? <laughs> Did you hear about the new corduroy pillowcase craze? It's setting headlines across the planet. <laughs> Okay, final one. Final one. No, this isn't a joke. This is a true story. I had a dream that I was swimming in a, a sea of uh, orange soda, but it was just a fantasy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> just a fantasy. Our convictions in life will establish and form our identity and the atmosphere of our life. Um, our convictions in life, what your convictions in life will establish your identity and the atmosphere around your life. 
That's why it's important what we speak, especially as believers, is in line with the Word of God. There should be more um, Word of God coming out of our mouth than Word of anybody else. There should be more of God's opinions coming out of our mouth than your opinions coming out of your mouth. It, it, because that's where He's enthroned. And I am dead cert. I could put money on this if I had money to spare, but I don't know who would take these odds. Um, God is going to do more miracles. God, right at the moment, is doing miracles. There are miracles going on. I listened to a podcast during the week from Bethel, and they were down in Orlando, Florida, a bunch of their students that are doing the School of Ministries, a College of Ministry, whatever they call it. And they were praying for people, and they were praying for this guy outside a nightclub down in, um, oh, I think it was Orlando, yeah. And this guy, he's just not buying it. And they're going, no, God wants to bless you. And he's going, yeah, 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 God wants to bless you. And they're going, no, God wants to bless you. Not, not tomorrow, not next week, and not next month. He wants to bless you now. God wants to bless you now. And the guy's going, yeah, whatever. No, no, now. This car drives around the street, black SUV, winds down the window, throws a bunch of cash out, hits the guy in the face. This is a true story. The guy could not wait to tell this story in front of Bethel. He's going, it has nothing to do with my message. I just got to tell you the story. I want to pass it on because this talks about the goodness of God, not because of money. Money's got nothing to do with it. It's just he blows our expectations and blows the doors of what we think. Oh, no, God can't do that. Yes, God can do that. So the pray, and the guy goes, what the... What was that? He probably threw a few adjectives in there. What was that? And they're going, see, they're all excited now. God wanted to bless you now. You know, like, they're getting all excited. People are rushing around picking up the money because he's just going, whoa, this is a setup. You guys are just set me up. And they're going, no, we told you. And they're picking up the money. God wants to bless you now. It wasn't tomorrow or the next day. He wants to bless you now. The car comes around the corner, windows open, throws a water cash out, hits him in the chest, falls down. He's going, what's going on? It's a lot of money. Okay, it's a lot of money that this, and it's, it's going everywhere. So the students are gathering up, other people are now collecting the money because there's so much of it. And he's going, what's happening? They're going, we told you, God wanted to bless you. And he's going, but what does this mean? And they're going, God wants to bless you. And he's going, I don't understand. I don't get this. And then he's like, oh, everyone's getting my money now. You know, and he goes, he sees this one lady and he, I, I don't, know her story, but she's grabbing the money and he goes, well, I'll know it's God. <laughs> They've just said God's going to bless you now, twice, car's driven around, doesn't know who they are, money is thrown out the window, whacks him in the head, whacks him in the chest and he goes, well, if that lady brings my money back to me, I'll know it's God. Isn't it funny... Isn't it funny how that little bit of doubt sneaks in sometimes? God's come through for me so many times and I've just, after it happens, you go, did that really happen? God, did you really do that? And he's like, dummy. Like, so while they're there, this woman comes up and he goes, if that woman gives me, brings that money back to me, I know it has to be God then. She comes up and just goes, I believe this is yours. I don't know if she was a, like a homeless lady or something like that. He's thinking, she's not going to give me no money. And she comes up and goes, I believe this belongs to you. And he's like, what is going on? And they, they start praying for him and he's standing there just going, I don't under... The car drives around... 
more money, more money, more money, more money. Now, I want a bit of that. <laughs> I'm going to be standing on street corners now. Look at who has the black SUV? Yeah, we're going to be hanging around your car. <laughs> God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And I, I think he's just gearing up. Because I don't think he's running out. I think he's waiting for us to get into groove, get into harmony. Because one of the conversations I had yesterday, I'm getting away from my notes here, that I had with one individual, he was just talking about, isn't it interesting that they said that, you know, when Jesus left, they said the same way that he left is the way that he's going to return. And we think, oh, he went up into the sky, he's going to come back down. No, Scripture actually says that he, he rose up and then he was obscured from their sight. And then angels just appeared in rooms. They just, and Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is so near. And we're thinking, oh, it's, it's out there. It's so far away from our decadence and our humanity. And it's, you know, the universe, we can see right up into the universe, but we can't see heaven. And it's like, no, no, heaven is here. So, yeah, there's something about that, isn't it? There's, heaven is here. And we're like, we overcomplicate things. And all we really need to do is believe who God is and who he says he is and that he is faithful to do what he says he's going to do. Bill Johnson made this statement. He said, faith must explore what revelation reveals. If you're given an inheritance of a giant house with property, you're not just going to stand on the street and go, hmm, there it is. No, you're going to go and want to explore, aren't you? You're going to want to go and see what your inheritance is. If, if you're, you, you, you want that. This is our inheritance, the word of God. There are promises in here. We need to explore this. We don't just take it for face value and say, but what am I going to get out of it? God doesn't do stuff for us and bless us for us. He blesses us because he's God. It's not just to give us a good life. It's because he's God. He doesn't heal us to make our lives better. He heals us because he's God. He doesn't provide for us so that we've got just a we're comfortable lifestyle and I'm, I'm financially secure. No, it's because he's God. So my message today, I, I had a totally different message. So today I want to um, quickly talk about kingdom lessons from mums who didn't know how important they were. That's my title. Kingdom lessons from mums who didn't know how important they were. Who has read Matthew 1 and Luke 1? In both of those, it talks about the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew is speaking to Hebrews and he lays it out um, illegally who Jesus is. And he talks about the 14 generations and the, you know, from Abraham through and and from the, the exile through. And he talks about, he fills it all in, but it's different to the one that Luke talks about. When you read Luke 1, and around, I think it's 26, it starts talking about it. He, no, it's, before, it's after that. It's not in Luke 1. That's a story of, the, of Mary, him coming to Mary in Luke 1 and that, and John the Baptist. Where is it in Luke? I think it's in 3, is it? I don't know, somewhere around there. It talks about the genealogy. The genealogy that Luke gives follows through from 
Jesus, son of Joseph, the son of David, the son of Abraham, the son of Adam, the son of God. So through Joseph's line, he finds a physical lineage that goes all the way back to Adam, the son of God. So Jesus' real title legally was Jesus, son of God. Because he was. He can prove his lineage going right back. That's a miracle. That is astounding that we, we have that record. But Matthew talks about it from a totally different perspective. Around David, it changes. Instead of, a, you know, um, I think in Luke, it, it, so, you know, David, King David, and then it talks about, it might be Nathan or one of, one of his other sons. Um, but with, with uh, Matthew, he talks about Solomon and then the line going off through that because it follows the line of Mary. Both Joseph and Mary came through King David. So he was the son of King David, which was what all the prophecies and everything were about, that he was going to have a kingly rule and the throne of David will then be an eternal throne through Jesus. So it's talking about, and, and this is really unusual because most of the time women weren't recorded because they, the, the men just wanted to be over important. They realised how important the women were, but they wanted to just get one up by leaving them out of the history. But Matthew goes, no, I want to talk about these ladies. So there are five ladies in the lineage, five mums that are in the lineage of Jesus. Have you read this? Have you, have you had a look at it? Because they are amazing people, but they didn't know how important they were when they were going through the trials and just living their lives. So do you mind if we just have a quick look at some of them? Thank you, Adrian. Um, Tamar, first one in the list. Tamar was um, the daughter-in-law to Judah. No relation. Judah got that one, yeah. So Judah, he, um, he had a, a son and married Tamar. He died. The, the son died and Tamar was left without a husband. So the, under um, the Levitical law and all that back then and under the law of Moses, she could then, she needed to be married to one of the other sons of Judah so that she could have her inheritance. She marries another one. He dies as well. So Judah goes, hang on, something's going on here. She's a dangerous chick to be around. We'll just send her off and tell her when the youngest son gets old enough, then we'll call for her. But she doesn't get called and she's, she wants her inheritance. She's owed an inheritance from this family. It was a big thing. We, we don't understand the cultural significance significance of it now but it was a big thing it was so much so big that she needed to take a faith step she needed to do something that was outside the bounds of normal to get what was hers from God that was promised to her from God that was meant to come through this family line of Judah so she steps out and does something absolutely radical that I would never suggest to do but what she does is righteous even though she's classed as a prostitute in this whole scenario the next woman but she takes a step of faith to lay hold of this and Judah even says you are more righteous than me and um yeah go into the story I don't want to go into it too much at the moment because there's 
it's a big story. The next one is Rahab. Who remembers Rahab? She was from Jericho. She wasn't even an Israelite or a Hebrew. She was from Jericho, the city that, they, they, that God knocked the walls down on. But the promise was to her, she hid the two spies that came into the city. And she acknowledged in, um, in Joshua 2, she said, The Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Your God covers the whole of heaven. Your God covers the whole earth. Your God is the one true God. She makes this proclamation of faith. Then she virtually betrays her whole city and aligns herself with the Israelites. The Israelites make a promise to her and say, if you hang this, um, this red cloth up, we won't destroy your house. We won't destroy you. You will be safe. God honors that. And even in archaeological studies, they have found the city of Jericho, found how it was built and how the walls actually fell and made it so because they had these ramparts coming up, then they had a big moat, then they had more walls up there. And when the walls fell flat, they filled the moat. So that's why they walked straight up and into the city. I always had to get it. I couldn't believe it because that would have been a lot of rubble because they had chariot races on top of the wall. I couldn't make sense of it. Then the archaeologists, (laughs) try and say that. I just did. And uh, the archaeologists, they found it and they've dug it up and... There's a lot of debate about it, but there's one section of the wall that was still remaining with a window intact, one room intact in this whole building, and they believe that was potentially Rahab's um, house. Now, Rahab was a prostitute. She, she then is recorded in Hebrews as being one of the mothers of faith because of her stand for faith, because of her proclamation of faith. She is recorded not just in the genealogy of Jesus, which is... Still astounding that this non-Israelite prostitute is now recognised as being worthy in the lineage of Jesus. God purposed for her to be in the lineage of Jesus. And not only that, she was recognised in Hebrews that according to their faith, they made it through. According to their faith, according to faith, it is the faith chapter, Hebrews 11. You've got to read through that. Build your faith. The next one is Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite. She's not even, again, she's not an Israelite. She's a Moabite. But she makes a statement to to Naomi and she, she says, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people, my people. Your God will be my God. She makes a proclamation of faith. She shows incredible loyalty in her life. And she then, again, sets up a whole lineage that flows through um, to, to put her in the in the line of Jesus. The next one is Bathsheba. She's not mentioned as Bathsheba. She's mentioned as Uriah's wife because it's given there, like she was Uriah's wife before David took her, raped her, had a child to her that died and then he killed the, you know, Uriah, the husband. Imagine Bathsheba, she was a young girl when all this was going on. She had a husband taken away, but she was, she was a man of power. The king of the nation took authority over her, over her body. She submitted to it. What happened to her was not good, but God turned it out for good. See, I'm, I'm not just wanting to look at snapshots of people and who they were and what they were. I want to look at what the, the legacy that God has brought through them Because of Jesus. They're in the line of Jesus. We are in the line of Jesus. 
We are now sons of Abraham, the father of faith. We're not sons of Moses, the father of the law. We are sons of Abraham, the father of faith. Faith is such an important aspect of our lives. And I want to speak this over you today, that you are people of faith. You're not people of of just about reason and about intellect, even though they are important, and about wisdom, about faith about believing that God is who He says He is and He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ever imagine. Okay, the the fifth one in here, um, Bathsheba, she, I, I just can't even imagine what strength of character this woman had to the guy that killed her husband, the guy that manipulated her and used her, but ultimately through her came the wisest man that was known to walk on the planet who then was king of Israel and subsequently had lots of wives and concubines. and hmm. It's interesting what um, atmospheres and can produce legacies in your life. Something that David didn't deal with properly became a problem in the, in the years. What we allow, and mums and dads, what we allow in our homes and what we allow to prevail in our homes and entertain in our homes leaves a residue. That's why we need praises of God. That's why we need the affirmation and talking about the things of God and not just, like if your kids are having problems at school, pray with them. Let that be number one. If they've got a headache, pray with them first. Treat it. If they've got injuries or anything like that, pray with them. I remember, I probably told this before, Callum one day, we're down in rec, we're just trying this new program out of, of kids' program and it was loud and they're all jumping and, and Callum comes up to me and I sort of grabbed him and started jumping with him and he's holding onto my leg and he was only little at the time. He wasn't kneeling. He was a little kid at the time, little snowy-haired Callum. And, and I'm, I look down at him and he's crying. And I'm like, oh, this isn't a good cry. You know, so I, I took him outside and I went, what's wrong, mate? And he goes, my head hurts. I guess my head's hurting. And it, I could see he was in like incredible pain. Immediately, I, I, as a dad, I'm in there. It's noisy and everything. He comes up, grabs my leg crying. And I'm like, yeah, this is fun. And he, he's like, oh, You ever feel guilty about things that you've done in life? And you're like, I should have been a little bit more switched on, but I wasn't. I took him outside and he's like, Dad, my head just hurts so much. And he is crying from this pain. I just put my hands on his head and I just heal him in Jesus' name. Pain, go away, you know. And... And I, I, I stopped, do you remember this? I stopped praying for him and he goes, oh, that's better. And just walked inside and I'm like, it's better? Like, what, what do you mean it's better? <laughs> Tell me what's going on. <laughs> but he just accepted it like that. May that be the acceptance in our homes. May it be like when Mary, the final one, so... Gabriel is sent from the presence of God to come to Mary to tell her a message. And this is what he says. So it, it talks about during, in Luke 6, 1 verse 26, it says, during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and it's important that the, that's in there because it, it is. And the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary. Now, looking at this, historically, potentially her age was between 12, 13, and maybe 16 or 17 years old. She wasn't very old. She was only a young girl at the time. So she's in her room. And, or, I don't know, I always picture her in her room with posters on the wall. Um, You know, she's painting her nails. I don't know, what do girls do? And she's living in Nazareth. (laughs) 
a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favour. Goody, goody. Does that sound all right? Like, you are anointed, you are favoured, you are, you know, beloved young woman. But her response, it says here, Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this meant for her. This is interesting because when he comes in, because who would want an angel to turn up in your room, like while you're painting your nails and getting ready for work tomorrow, angel turns up and says, you are beloved, you are anointed and you have the favour of God on your life. You would go, you ripper, you little beauty, bring it on. But she goes, hang on. Oh, this, is, this isn't just a normal greeting. This, there, is, there is depth to this. There is depth. To, how many times do we brush over stuff because we've maybe heard it before? Maybe like we've read this story before. This year started off with God really speaking to us about our eyes, our ears and our heart. Eyes to see, ears to hear and heart to understand. To be able to see, to be able to hear and to be able to understand. Faith must, you know discover what and really what was the word I used explore thank you I forgot the word what revelation reveals let's never miss an opportunity to pick up a truth a lesson something of the kingdom that's in the word of God so she was deeply troubled over this and I I sort of reflect on that and I think why was she she troubled because she said what it meant for her it was going to affect her life and she was all just confused because this was bang out, just out of the ordinary. In the Amplified, it says, but when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said. And it kept going around in her mind. So she's just not even listening to anything. It's just buzzing around. What, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for me? In verse 30, but the angel reassured her and said, do not yield to fear. Number one. Don't yield to fear. Any one of these women could have yielded to fear. Tamar could have yielded to fear and just go, oh, well, I've missed my opportunity with the other two. I'm cursed. I'm, I don't deserve to be married off. I don't deserve an inheritance. I'll just live a poor, wretched life. No, she goes, no, I deserve this. I'm going to take a step of faith. I know it means putting myself on the line. Rahab did the same. I've got, to, I've got to make a stand here. But I know these people follow the true God and the nation that I'm a part of, they're going to take over this nation. I've got to make a, take a step of faith here. If she'd let fear get in there, there would have been a, they would have been missed. It would have been wiped out. Their choice of convictions would have altered the atmosphere of their life and their identity. They would have become shallow, hollow people instead of strong people that, that want to, they want the, that identity, that, that part of their nature to be remembered because it makes up the identity of Jesus. Jesus is the, not just the sum total, but more than that, but all the people and the character and all that of his forefathers and foremothers, there is all this stuff in there and these women carried a good portion of bravery, of courage, of knowing the word of God, of knowing the law of Moses and knowing the goodness of God that he was going to be faithful. So do not yield to fear. So many times we yield to fear. Oh, God can't. God won't. Why hasn't he? 
you know, when's it ever? And no, let's start talking like God is doing it or God has already done it, not will God ever do it? Why hasn't he ever done it? Because dads don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear, Stephen, why haven't you finished this done yet? Why haven't you done this yet? Why isn't this done yet? Hey, this needs doing. I go, which one do you want first? Do you want the bathroom finished? Do you want... <laughs> we... God doesn't want to hear that stuff either. He wants to hear how good he is. So the angel says to, to him, Do not yield to fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Cha-ching, anointed, highly favoured, beloved. And not only that, God wants to surprise you with an enormous gift, this wonderful gift. Can I just read Psalm 67 to you? Because I love this. Psalm 67 verse 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us. This is May God be gracious to us and bless us. Yes, I agree with the psalmist here. May God be gracious to us and may he bless and make his face shine on us so that we're, we're like showing up to be good people and we're, you know, people go, wow, you're really doing well and you're so lucky. You've got a house and a car and you've got kids and you've got business and money and you're so lucky. No, 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 it's not for us. It's for God. God blesses us not because we're good, Because he's God, but he wants to bless us because he's God. It's part of his nature. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that his ways may be known on the earth and his salvation among all the nations. If he blesses us, if he empowers us, if he gifts us, if he graces us, if he lifts us, if he humbles us, whatever he does in his life, (laughs) in our life, sorry, It is to make his name, his ways known on the earth. We get to partner with heaven in showing through when when things tick us off and when things just really get stuck in our craw, the normal response is to rail against us. The Jesus response is to give praise to God and to know this is going to change and God's going to bring about something good in this. The women in this didn't fully understand where it was going, but they were faithful. They were loyal in it. Mary didn't know what was going to happen in her life. And so she asked, but she was aware of Scripture. She was aware of these things. She was aware that that like when Samson was, was made a judge and he was given this incredible strength, there was a massive responsibility that he had to he had to follow with there were things that he had to guard his life with there were restrictions on his life and all that and there were so many more throughout history people like David that thought oh yeah I can do whatever I want I'm king I'll just check out girls while they're bathing I'll just call them into my bedchamber I'll just kill their husbands no a king can't do that an immoral king an unjust king can but not a king that's in the godly in the in the righteous line of Jesus that's going to bring about the messiah so god needed to deal with these people i'm i'm so glad that god is invested in our lives god is invested in your life because he wants to make known through you his ways and he wants to make salvation known to all the nations through you and you might think oh well I'm get to travel to the nations no just look around the room we've got so many nations represented here in our room you get to express it 
to all those that are around you. In your, if you're in a culture where you're seeing more of people like from Africa or from Asia or something like that, or if you're just talking to us Aussies, which is boring, I know, but it's a good thing to do to just catch up on your Aussie history. So Mary said to him, the king, the king, to the angel, whatever the word is that you've given me, because the word comes through, the angel says nothing is impossible for God. In the NIV now, they've changed that to no word from God is impossible. No word from God will ever remain unfruitful. So that it's the word, and it, the word nothing actually means no rhema. And she says, so he, the angel says no rhema from God, no fresh word for you in this situation from God will ever fail. And she said, let it be. May your rhema be fulfilled in me. But the word fulfilled has, doesn't just mean done, doesn't just mean accomplished. It means whatever lateral persuasion you need to take, as far as you need to go in stretching me in doing this, do it. I put no hindrance on you doing whatever you have to do to bring this rhema. How many times do we go, God, do it like this. And then when he says, well, you need to go and you know, bathe in the Jordan. I'm going, but I'm blind. I don't need a wash. But Jesus rubs mud in a guy's eye and then tells him to go and bathe in the river. Couldn't he just heal him there? But there was a process to it. There's a journey in life. These women all experience a journey in life and they are recorded, some of them as mothers of faith, the rest of them as mothers in, in the genealogy of Jesus. But Mary, what an incredible heart she had. She just said, whatever you need to do, I don't put any restrictions on it. You can stretch this. God wants to bless you. God wants to favour you. But we don't know what form that's going to take. Count it all joy when you suffer trials of many times because they are for the testing of your faith to produce a faith that is more worthy, more valuable than gold. So trials in our life... All these women faced incredible trials. Immediately after this, Mary had to rush off so that no one knew. She had to go to Joseph and tell him, how brave is that? Um, pregnant. And he's going to think, but luckily an angel had spoken to him as well. She had to run off. She goes and sees Elizabeth. She goes in there and spends time there until it's ready for her to be married. And then Joseph and her head off to, um, for, the, yeah, for Jesus to be born. But the, tri the trials that she went through, I'm just thinking she could have been stoned at any time. She could have been cut off from the family, cut off from everything. But she just said, whatever you have to do, do it. Make it so. I, I am your servant. How many times have we said, God, do it in my life? And it's not our life. We're just the steward of this life. The breath that's in my lungs is not my breath. It's the breath of the Almighty. This is not my body. This is just a tent that He's given me to live in. This <laughs> tent. It's, uh, the fly's getting a bit shabby, you know. <laughs> the fly screen and all that. God can do anything. Have we forgotten this? Or have we just heard it so many times that we just blase? 
I want to start looking for, and it takes faith to step out. It took faith for those guys to say, God wants to bless you now, now, right now. They heard that, but to say that, and then for it to happen, and when it happened once, twice, and then God just says, (laughs) just to prove it, here's a third time, bang. I want to start stepping into the things of God, but it means changing some of our convictions to align with what the truth of God is. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke on the, the fruit of the Spirit and the acts or the behaviour of the flesh. And I made a comment and, I, I, and Chelsea later said, the way that you said that was brilliant. It just leveled things out because it talks about the acts of the sinful nature. And they are parts of our body and our, and our desires that, that just run away with us. But most of them are coping mechanisms. They're coping mechanisms for us to deal with the trials of life. And they comfort us. You might think, how can those things comfort? But they do. That's the lie. They comfort us. They just fire some, you know, hormones and some, you know, the oxytocin, the serotonin, the dopamine and all that. It gets fired in our body and we get comfort from that from an act. But God says, no, 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 I don't want you just living in acts. I want you to have fruit in your life. Mary was there to produce fruit. And that fruit was the, was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Every time something is given by God, it's there for a reason. It's there to actually give you more responsibility. More responsibility. Who likes that idea? If you're faithful, little then you'll be faithful with much. And we think, oh, that's because I deserve it. No, 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 no. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Uh, He's changing some perspectives right at the moment. He's changing some ways that we look at things at the moment. May we all have eyes to see. May we all have ears to hear. And may we definitely have hearts that are soft to understand. Do you want to stand with me at the moment? If you're able to, oh, Father God in heaven. You are holy, you are righteous, you are good. There is nothing good except from what comes from you. Oh, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're our provider, that you're our peace, that you're our healer, that you're our strong tower, that you're our shield. Lord, there is so many things that you are to us. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for moving across each life just absolutely enveloping and saturating each individual, each man, woman, child here this morning, each marriage, each household. Father, I just thank you for the heart that you have for us, that we are so important to us. Sorry to you. Father, I'm, I'm blown away of how important I am to you, but I just don't see myself as important. I just want to speak right now. You are important. You are beloved by God. You are anointed and you are highly favoured. But this isn't just for you. It's because He's God. He wants to bless you. He wants to favour you. He wants to heal you. Now comes the dad aspect. Realign your confession. Realign your convictions. Realign your vision with God's truth. Who He is. May it be spoken about in your workplace. May it be spoken about in your conversation with your children, with your parents with your workmates, with your school friends. You don't have to make it all religious. Just start confessing it out because He's enthroned there. And as you respond to it, I can, I can just see God getting all excited like a dad and just going, watch this, watch this, watch what's about to happen.
Father, I thank you that wonders are still what you do. Father, I thank you that you're still raising bodies. You're still killing giants. Father, I thank you that you are still faithful to every generation. And as Mary sang to Elizabeth, she said, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are victorious. And you bring victory to generation upon generation. I thank you for the victory in this generation. I thank you for even though the world says this is the way it's going, this is what's happening on the planet. Father, but what you are doing on the planet is so more significant to what the economy is doing, to what cultures are doing, to what natures are doing, or to what a pandemic's doing. Father, what you are doing on the earth is more important to me. So Father, we want to align ourselves with you. Show us your ways, Father. Show us where you're moving so we can get on board and follow the lamp and the light. Lamp to our feet, light to our path. I I agree with my brothers and sisters, Father, for your kingdom to come and for your will to be done here on earth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.